Okay. Uh, welcome back to the. Oh, well, I was gonna say great date guy. We're not doing that anymore. We're doing. <laughs> we're doing the laughing warrior. But we're good at dating, we nonetheless. Are, we are good at dating for sure. Yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and just own that. I'm great at that shit, man. I'm. I'm. I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm just being honest. Yeah, d- dating is not. It's not difficult. Once. Once. Once a certain level of things are like set up as a foundation, dating is the most straightforward thing. Um. Yeah. And. Related to that, what we are covering off on today is uh, how to stop taking things so personally. Um, and, and some of you guys out there, you're already like, yeah, I know I do that. Like, and I, I want to stop, but I can't. And so we're here to address that. Um, I, think, I think the first thing that I heard, and this is just like a quick, a quick reframe, right? This is just the beginning of the foundation, is that like... If someone is being a jerk to me and like I can feel myself beginning to react, it can sometimes be useful to like to know that whatever is going on with them is is just not about me. It's got like zero to do with me. I'm like poking at something that was bothering them, but it could have been anyone else. It's not personal. Um and I think I want to start off with that. <laughs> Dude, that's a great, that's the, that is really the jumping off point for sure. Like that's, it's, it's not about you. And then I'll add what's helped me, like my favorite tool in these circumstances is to be curious. Like if I get triggered by their, whatever, their behavior, because it's not who they are fundamentally as a person, it's a behavior and something it's, it pokes something in me. I first get curious about like, what the fuck is going, what, what is, oh, whoa, I felt that something just, yeah, something's happening in my body. It doesn't feel good. And then I'm able to like hold that because I've been practicing for a while. So I'm aware that that thing, that whatever emotion or that charge that I felt in my body was information to get me to pay attention to that first. And in doing so, and like, this is happening in a millisecond, like, oh, that's anger. My throat's starting to close. I'm clenching my fists. Um, I'm, I'm preparing for war. And I know that this person, I'm assuming that this person is a friend or a partner or a lover. They're not the enemy, but that's just, that's just our nervous system and the way we're wired. So I'm like, I'm like, yeah. Right. Like, so I'm like, okay, hold on breathe a little bit. Maybe they're not trying to kill me. No one's going to, they're not saber toothed tigers. They're not whatever a Tyrannosaurus Rex. It's my partner. It's my lover. It's my friend. And then it's like to shift and be curious about them. I put my shit to the side, hold it, take care of myself, good care of myself. But then I, I go over on their side. Once I take good care of me first, like I put the mask like you're going down in a plane. You put the fucking mask on you first and then you check on the women and children. And so it's kind of like that type of deal. Yeah, let's go into that. I think you raised a, a couple of really good points here. First, I want to underscore, um, you, if, you, if you're listening to this right now, you probably notice that there are certain people that get your fucking goat more than other people. And like what Scott listed off, it, it is more likely to be someone from that category. Usually for me, it's someone I'm dating or it's my mom, right? Like it's, or, or my dad and like, yep. fucking like, it doesn't matter how much work I do. There's always more there. <laughs> yeah. Family of fucking origin is tough, man. Yeah. And so if you're having that reaction, don't worry. You know, this is a pretty normal thing. It's something, something to do with like the more someone knows us or the closer we are to someone, like the more impact they have on us, right? There's, there's more to unpack there. Um, but the other thing is you may have this just showing up out in the wild with like random people. Like you might notice some road rage creeping in at which point I, I usually take that as a sign within myself that like, I'm probably going through something pretty hard right now. Like if I'm taking this personally and I can't let it go and my instinct is like, I'm going to, I'm going to chase this guy down and follow him home or like, I'm going to like break check this motherfucker mm. and start something. I know that I need to like, I need to let out some of the aggression or pain that I'm experiencing. And so I want to circle back to what you were saying. Hey, I'm going to take care of myself first. How do you tend to do that? Um, breathe for sure. Like my, to get, to, for me to get resourced and back into connection with myself 
I just slow way down and take some deep breaths. Like as simple as that. Like I notice what's happening and I'm like, oh, and this for the listener, this might not be a common occurrence for you to drop into your body or to be aware that you're even activated or you're, or there's something happening. So this has been the practice over time was, you know, to first feel into and notice what's happening for me. And then it's like, if I'm like you said, if I'm feeling like road rage or like, I want to attack this person, like, holy shit, I want to fucking beat their ass. I know that's a, that's a sign. That's information to get me to listen. I'm about to go off the rails and I'm going to share something with you and the listener, Rob. It happened. It almost went off the rails the other day. I was at the barbershop and this is a great story because I haven't experienced this level of anger in a long time. And I, I'm, I'm sitting with, I'm sitting waiting to get my hair cut and there's four chairs and this plate, the space is pretty, pretty small. There's one, two, three, four barbers. And I mean, the proximity, I'm probably two feet away from everyone. So I'm just paying attention, listening to the way these men are talking to one another. And I noticed that the one guy was really laying into one of the other barbers, talking shit about him, like just bad mouthing him. And then he, he went over to open up a box to get something. And he's, he's like fucking jamming his elbow in and he's punching it. And a couple of the other barbers were like, yeah, this, you know, something to the effect that this guy's super angry. And he's like, I'm not angry. And he's like, bam, bam. And then he whips a box at the barber, the other barber. And I'm like, I'm just paying attention. I'm like, wow, this is interesting. The way these men are relating to one another. And there's, there's customers in there too, Rob, right? I'm a customer. I'm in their experience. This is what I'm watching unfold. And so I'm like, I'm not going to say anything, but I noticed I was like a little bit taken aback. I'm like, okay, but this isn't my place to say anything. And I was seeing a new barber. Well, it turns out it was this young man who they were kind of all giving shit to. And I sit in his chair and me, him and I are having like a really deep conversation, like in the right off the giddy up. And I'm liking, I'm getting a good vibe from him. He was raised Christian. So he has some spiritual background and he's, he, we were talking about men's work and he's like, yeah, man, we're leaders. And that really, I was like, oh, I felt this connection. Then he got it. He got me. We were talking. And then some of the other barbers kind of chimed in and this one, the guy next to us, the barber next to us, who was angry and aggressive, we started talking shit about this kid again. And he said it, this was the second time he said it. They're like, oh yeah, you look really small or he, you look really skinny. And cause we were talking about working out and this kid, I was there a couple weeks ago and the guy that was cutting my hair, he looked fit and I complimented him on it. The other barber's like, uh, he looks weak and he, he blah, blah, blah. And he's, he was on juice and this kid wasn't saying anything. My barber was just sitting there taking it and they're going on and on and on. And all of a sudden, man, I got my heart rate went through the fucking roof, man. And it's beating uncontrollably. And I noticed, oh, there's anger. I'm clenching my fist. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, what the fuck is, go-? I got up, like lean forward. What the fuck is going on here? What are you, what the fuck are you guys doing? And like, you know what, when you uh, point the finger at someone, it's because you don't want to look at something in yourself. I said, what you're doing, how you're, no, what did I say? I said, this doesn't say anything about the other man, but it speaks volumes about you that you're the type of man that will talk shit about someone or something that I was so fucking wound up. Like, I, I don't even think part of my explanation of what I was trying to convey even made sense. I was like, you know, when you're pointing the finger at someone, why don't you point the finger at your own face? You know, and, and but I, but <laughs> and and so all of a sudden it got quiet in there. In the, in the barber that was cut my hair was like, Hey, thank you. Thank you so much. Like, and after I kind of got done, things settled because everybody was quiet. And I looked over at the guy who was talking shit and I, he wouldn't look at me and I, he had his head down And my projection was what he was feeling by the, his affect was shame. That's the vibe I was picking up rightfully. So, I mean, cool. Like I wanted these men in this fucking shop to feel me and they did and they, they were quiet. And I'm like, 
I'm not okay with this behavior, like as a patron of your business. And they're like, we're just kidding around. I'm like, cool, whatever. And then I was on my way to work out with another friend of mine. And I, he's a pretty conscious dude or whatever, does the work. And I asked him for feedback. I told him what had just happened because part of me was curious. Did I, did I approach this in the most conscious way? And, I, and what I found out was I did the best I could. It was a little sloppy. You know, maybe I didn't have to drop the F-bombs, but that all that, because when I drop F-bombs, I'm fucking angry, man. And I could, I could tell that if it would have escalated, it could have been physical. Like, I really noticed that. Like, I noticed I was aware of what was going on in my body. I was aware of what I was saying. I was aware of the message I wanted to convey. And that it was a little scary to me, man. Like, I was, I was at this point that I haven't felt in a very long time. So anyway, got feedback on my, my side of things. Like, I wanted to see, you know, what was up. And I got, I got clear that, you know, I, I could go back the next time and own my behavior. Like maybe I was a little bit, you know, maybe I was being towards him the way he was being towards this other man, you know, and I could own that and say, you know, I just want to own and say, I'm sorry that my behavior may not have been appropriate as far as my language was concerned and I feel this way because when I see men tearing each other down rather than holding each other up, it hurts me because what it felt like for me was when I got this feedback from my other friend was I, it was like they were bullying him and it woke something up in me from my childhood because I got bullied and I didn't like it, man. And so it was a really interesting experience, Rob. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think this is a this is a great example like what what there was something that could have been said and you said it i'm glad that you spoke up and and yeah as you were mentioning like hey there's also walking that line like hey if this had gone any further it might have had some consequences and like how do we keep from going across that line i you also said something that resonates over here because i noticed when i'm really triggered i want the other person to suffer as much as me or more the pain that I'm experiencing right now, I'm going to fucking make sure you feel that too. So right. you stop. What you're, so you get what this is like. And, you know, I think that works when there's no rule of law. <laughs> like, like if all you have is the ability to enforce your will through force and you have no other choice, then do it. Right. That's, that's what's required in the moment. You need to survive. But yeah. Like, how do we avoid getting into situations where that kind of thing has consequences? I had a similar thing show up when I was a kid. I did not have control over my anger. Yeah. Um, and I almost broke my friend's thumb. Like, and he yeah. was just goofing around, man. Like, and that's some, that's a regret I carry with me. It's been, man, like 30 years, maybe 29 wow. years. And it's still like, ah, oh, fuck, I can't believe I did that. It's someone that I cared about. And so... On the note of, hey, I got to take care of myself in this situation, one thing that can be useful, at least that I found for me, when I remember, right? Because it's not always accessible is like, hey, I need to step out of this. Like, I got to get some space. I'll be back and I got to get out of this situation. And I might say something that had effect and I'll step away. Um, yeah. Just being in a different context and in a different energy can help a lot. Um because all of a sudden, the thing that triggered me isn't in my periphery. I'm not staring that person in the face anymore. So the actual risk kind of de-escalates. And I can begin to see things more rationally. But um, since this is on the subject of, usually it's anger and frustration. If we take things personally, I go into fight mode, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Sometimes it's flight or freeze, but it's usually fight. And for me, that's anger. So how do I deal with anger? And I've found that motion is is usually the best way for me. If I try to sit and think through my anger, I just get angrier. Like I just go in a fucking spiral. Yeah. Um, but if I move with anger, if I am hitting a bag, but not focused on technique, but actually feeling my anger and striking from an angry place, it allows me to express that energy so that it does dissipate more. Um, I'd also heard that like in this, in this bullying video that I watched, actually, he was talking about like, what is, what is that aggression? What is that anger? And this is something that I think is true. It's a desire to dominate. Like mm. we feel out of control. 
So we need to dominate something. And in nature, that would be through fighting. But we can release that anger by like wrestling with a friend or a girlfriend, right? Like we can, we can actually get that establishment of dominance. Um, sometimes it's through video games. I do that on occasion. If I'm really good at a game, I might just feel naturally drawn to doing it. But it's, I think, for the same reason. Um, so I recommend moving and doing if you can dominate something without like creating serious emotional consequences. If you get consent and buy-in so people know what you're up to. You want to just take a pillow and like hurl it across the room and like beat on it. Do it. Get an outlet for the feeling that you're feeling so that when it gets reset, when it clears your system and you start feeling good again, um, you, your mind kind of learns that like, oh, this is not a dangerous situation. So the faster you can clear that emotion for me, uh, I've noticed that the less reaction I have. Um, and I, I do a ton of meditation now. It's almost an hour a day. And the thing that I notice is all that struggling that I was doing for trying to control my emotions or think different things, trying to reframe my thoughts, not as useful as just having a practice where I get to feel really good every single day. And over time, people will say shit to you that used to bother you and you'll just be like, it'll just whip right past you. You'll remember what it's like to have a reaction and you'll be like, oh, this is a little weird that I'm not reacting. And then you'll just move on. Yeah, man. I love, I love what you're saying though. First of all, I like, I like the move of re I like what you said about removing yourself from the situation, like getting some distance between you and the person, if that's the case, like, and do it's a timeout for me. Like sometimes I'll like, I learned that a long time ago in, in the relationship school was like, throw up a T timeout. Like if somebody's in your face, you can call a timeout like that to let them know, hold on. And then just calling a timeout on myself because it is for me to go take space and get underneath why I'm feeling the way that I do. It's not the, it wasn't that kid that was causing me to feel the way I was. He was just waking that up in me. Like that's some older, you know, remnants of some shit that I haven't healed yet. And uh, so I, I really love that and movement, man. I, uh, I went to the gym right after that and fucking, you know, I also like talking about it too and getting feedback in helping me to see my side and how can I do it differently when it comes up the next time, uh, which is really important for me. So moving movement for sure, taking space for sure. Great tools. Uh, one of the other things I, I really enjoy is, uh, what the hell was I going to say, Rob? I lost my train of thought. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the part that you said at the end about noticing that when those circumstances come up, that because you have a practice of meditation an hour a day and you, you do these things, that those reactions or those situations that come up that would typically piss you off or trigger you don't even do that anymore. They just kind of like, like water off a duck's ass, just roll <laughs> past you, just roll. Right, you know what I'm saying? Those weren't your words. Those are mine. But, and I get that. Like, I, I've been practicing with, you know, practicing with uh, my friend Joanne and in, in, uh, just around relational stuff. And I've noticed that like it is, it's so valuable to, to practice having a practice of meditation and being still and being more self-aware because that practice is then going to help you. What I heard was be less reactive in the real world. Like we don't sit on the cushion to be a better meditator. It's like I sit on the cushion. So when I'm out in the real world and this shit, shit is going down, I'm not reactive. It's not coming from this place of, of habitual, you know, patterns that I've reacted that way to that emotion all of my life. It's like, Oh, there's a, there's space between that. I've got some space to re I, I say this and I think I've said it on other podcasts. It allows me to put some space between the thought and the emotion and then the reaction. And it's more of a response out of the deeper harmony of the universe. And it's coming from a loving place. Like, first of all, I'm loving myself, but what I do for myself or what I do for others, I do for myself first. So not being reactive, not punching this guy in the face <laughs> is, is cool, man. Like, yeah, that is a cool move. It is because I, I, I don't like the way that I feel after I do shit like that. And I haven't done that in a very long time, but I can remember times when 
just with my kids when I would be reactive and I felt so awful. I remember times where I would just lose my shit and then I would be in the bathroom with the door locked, hands on my head crying. Well, they're out there crying. And I'm like, after doing that enough times, I'm like, okay, something's got to change here. I do need a practice to help me to be less reactive. This isn't, this isn't normal. Actually, it's normal from the perspective of how I grew up. My family of origin, that's what was modeled to me. And it was like, that felt so shitty in my body. I don't want to continue to perpetuate that way of being or that behavior. So, yeah. Yeah. I like that you brought that up, man. I had actually forgotten about that component, but it's definitely real. Uh, I'm also kind of laughing at the background because Scott has this big fucking smoothie jug like it's just the blender <laughs> thing and it was completely full at the beginning of this episode and it's like probably down to the like the last th- i don't know where he's putting all this that's and a that, lot of that's a lot of smoothie dude it's gains bro i just came from the gym i put in a cup like i literally put in a couple of two three hours at the gym yeah it makes sense it's just man that's so yeah. much smoothie <laughs> it is man this is me up <laughs> Yeah, man. You know what it is? I also don't want to do any more dishes. So it doesn't make sense for me to pour it in a fucking cup, even though it's even though, yeah, washing one more cup is not going to be a big deal. It just makes sense to me. It's just yeah, it's just more efficient, bro. I I like it. Um, So I'm super hungry, too. Like that's it's my first meal after like post workout. I fasted all day through my workout. So literally I had like this killer protein bar, which is all natural ingredients like three egg whites two cashews a couple of dates and some other shit and then this so this is my first meal of the day that's fair enough man i'm probably gonna make fun of you for this again later but but i think i, think... I hope so that's you always laugh at me that's what i love about our relationship when but like when i'm going through some serious shit rob, rob fucking just laughs at me like oh, i'm like oh my god this is so awful i think i'm gonna die this is the worst thing my kids aren't talking to me and like this woman that i was seeing won't sleep with me anymore and he just gets on and fucking laughs at me and i'm reminded of how insignificant any of this shit really is man in the grand scheme of things Yo, yeah i mean yeah that that is kind of the vibe though right like i feel like yeah. when when i'm when i'm really upset when i'm really having a hard time something has hit me personally and deeply it can really help to have someone who's like authentically in a place of like levity and joy and flow like yeah. we don't even need to talk about the thing sometimes just hanging out and bantering and talking shit the entire time is enough to have me feel like really good again uh, and, and I wanted to tie it back to something you were just saying, which is like and something that I often forget because in the moment, feeling anger and expressing anger feels good. It feels yeah. like powerful and like, ah, like I'm in control. Um, and then afterwards, I feel like immense heavy guilt in like my gut. And it's just like, shit, I fucked up. And I feel like tremendously bad and like almost like I'm sick um for like a couple of days afterwards can't even make eye contact with the person right like ignore their texts and phone calls there's that shame that comes in afterwards it's really easy to forget in the moment um and so i i think i think that like hey it's one thing for me to tell you just don't get angry in the moment but what the practice is here that i've found to be the most effective is if you can think about your nervous system as a scale of like one to 10, like on a thermometer, right? And it rises to seven, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 is when you start to flip out. Like sevens, maybe when you get into an argument and 10 is when you're like throwing tables, right? But if you're, if your nervous system is keyed up um, and you don't resolve your emotions, it'll stay keyed up. And I know I'm preaching to the choir here because Scott knows this, but if you, if you haven't heard this before, this was really valuable to me. So we need to get rid of some of those emotions to bring that seven down to a six or five or four. In essence, um, this is a process of creating more safety in your body. Um, And one easy way to do that is just get into a flow, lift something heavy, go have a rap battle with your friend, right? Uh, Meditate, chanting, breath work, yoga, talk to a hot girl, right? Any (laughs) any number of things Uh will turn it around. And the more safe you drink feel in your body, smoothie. drink the biggest smoothie that you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, drink a smoothie the size of your head, <laughs> and then you'll feel better. 
You're, you you because you, you can't be angry and drink a smoothie as big as your head. It's just try it. Don't can't be done. Our, yeah, try it. Don't take our word for it. Go fucking try it. <laughs> if this leads to some new trend where people are just like chugging giant ass smoothies <laughs> in the street. I'm going to be very proud of us. <laughs> Me too, man. Me too. And, and dude, I'm appreciating what you're saying, man. It's so like all, everything that you just said is so true uh, about, you know, getting your nervous system keyed down. Cause here's, here's one of the things that I've noticed, like getting your nervous system from a, an eight or a nine or a 10 down, you know, so you're back connected. So like on a scale of zero to 10, zero is being calm and available for connection and in your heart. And people don't, and 10 is blown the fuck out where I'm going to hurt somebody. And people don't hurt other people when they're in their heart. So I noticed I was getting, I was getting disconnected and out of my heart. And I did, I experienced all those things you said, uh, you know, afterwards. Uh, and it, it, but it, and it was the most healthy way that I could express it in the moment. And Right after that, I had a friend who was able to help me process it and see my side of things and how I maybe could have handled things differently. So I immediately, the, the charge immediately, you know, went back down to, you know, maybe a two or a three and I was back in my heart and um, because this man helped me to get there and I was curious, you know, to get feedback on how I could. So I like that you mentioned that Rob about, you know, it's our responsibility to get back to a good place and chugging a big ass fucking smoothie as big as your head will do that every single time <laughs> listener when you get super angry drink a fucking smoothie as big as your head and you'll be and you're gonna feel better i, I know that i do <laughs> well i wonder i wonder if there is like a scientific expl- I, I i think that would work right because like if people have anxiety and they need to settle down their nervous system Mm-hmm. One thing they can do is take an ice bath or dunk their face in cold mm-hmm. water, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's an effective thing. So if you're having a f- like a semi-frozen liquid and you're having a lot of it, I, I could actually see that being something to help you get clearer. Sure, sure. I mean, even the process of being present and putting all the ingredients in and like slowing way, 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 way down and just taking your time or you could still be in your anger and fucking whipping shit and it doesn't do anything. You know, you're, you're so angry. You're like the, the fucking big blender as big as your head falls over and breaks. Then you're even more angry. So I think the point, if you're going to try this practice of drinking a smoothie as big as your head to dissolve your anger, you got to slow down. You got to take some deep breaths. You got to get present. You gotta, you gotta just, yeah. yeah <laughs> take a little, your time. little prep work. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta. Yeah, you gotta. And it's a form of meditation, you know, like being present. Yeah, this is actually reminding me too. Like, um, one of the things I like doing when I'm really off, like, and the way that I can tell I'm really off, is I'm like constantly checking my phone. Like every ten seconds, I'm swiping it open, and then I'm reflexively going to Facebook, and there's nothing there, and I'm going to Facebook like three seconds later, just like mm-hmm. I can't control it. Yeah. Um, if I find myself anxious or like restless. Uh, I, like I'm really trying to distract myself because sometimes I can't feel my body. I'm just out of it, but I, I will see those behaviors. And it's like, oh shit. Yeah. I need to, I'm a little bit fast right now. A little bit urgent. Mm. Um, what can help is like driving like relatively fast. So like pick a freeway or something with mm. the windows down Yeah, and just having the wind blasting in my face, like being very, very present to the world around me. Because I have to, if I'm going fast, I have to be present or I'm going to die, right? I can't be like all cheesed off and looking at Facebook, seeing if someone replied to my comment. Like, I have to be present. And because there are stakes there and because I'm so immersed in that feeling of like the wind just whipping through my hair and in my face, the, the cold that I feel on my skin, the sun, right? There's something about that that has me slow way the fuck down. It's like hitting the reset button. And all of a sudden, it'll feel like there was nothing wrong in the first place, like two hours of therapy, except it took like 15 minutes of driving. So I think there's something to that whole process of if there's something that you can get really lost in, Mm. I recommend doing that. 
Yeah, man, I agree 100%. I was, I was picturing like a dog with his head out the window. Like, holy shit, man. No, no wonder they do that. It's it, like it, you, you can't be sticking your head out the window, letting the wind hit you with your tongue hanging out, drooling, and feel bad. Like, there's no way. I don't think you can unless you get a big-ass bug in your mouth and you swallow it. Like, that might suck. But for the most part, you, yeah, you do have – you can't be cheesed off. You got to be kind of present and – and just enjoying it, like yeah, yeah, yeah. New new game plan. Make yourself a smoothie as big as your head. <laughs> then get your friend to drive you on the freeway and stick your head out of the window like a puppy. Yeah, chug your smoothie. Yeah, instant cure. Done. We haven't done a lot of. Pr- I haven't done this yet. Like the whole total practice, I've only done half of it. So I am gonna try that the next time. Is get somebody to drive me around with my head out the window. And I'm in Buffalo, and it's we're supposed to be getting like. 300 feet of snow in the next 24 hours so, you know that'll be really great like i'll get pelted with snow and ice and <laughs> <laughs> that'll get you out of your head yeah i mean yeah. i mean i like cold weather for that reason i think yeah. it does do a good job of like making my nervous system calm down dude just being silly like we are right now has me totally present and relaxed man like just goofing around and like i i remember the conversation we had when i was in that in that conflict with my friend and I just picked her up and I threw over my shoulder and spanked her ass and we just started laughing. I'm like, you, it's, it was over. I don't need a big process around it. Like I, I noticed that that's what humor and bringing some levity to the situation does. It's like, okay, well, I, I don't really want to spend a lot of time processing this shit. And I, and I don't really have to, I can drink a smoothie as big as my fucking head. I could stick my head out the window like a puppy dog. I could pick up a girl and spank her ass. Uh, you know, whatever we can have conversations, <laughs> talk to a good friend and, and, and have a great conversation like this and just be silly and like a five-year-old or a teenager and just, you know, laugh it off. Yeah. Yeah. That was a big, important lesson for me. Like I don't regret doing the deep work and understanding why I'm getting yeah, triggered or sure. learning to sit with discomfort. Those are all valuable. And at the same time, like, I don't fucking need to sit in the shit all the time. Like mm-hmm. if I can get clear by having a good time, I'd rather do that. Cause like, what do I want the tone of my life to be? And so, yeah, I mean, I think, I think there's a viable approach to this regardless of what you choose. And I'm noticing my personal leaning right now is exactly what you're saying. It's like, okay, yeah. If I can just dick around with a friend for like 20 minutes and feel like me afterwards, I'm going to do that. I've done enough digging in my own head. Like I, I don't need more. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, and it's reminding me of a conversation I had with this friend of mine who just got back from Ireland. Uh, it was a woman's retreat. So one of the meditations they did was a laughing meditation, and what it was was what's the, what's the thing in your life you're most afraid of? And then they all got together and you name it, and then you start la- the whole group started laughing at it. Like, that sounds fucking awesome. Like, I'm afraid of spiders. And then everybody's just like, why? Like, start, <laughs> you know, busting a gut laughing. And I, I think that's a great tool, man. Like, I, I've, I've not tried it, like, that consciously. But, like, what we're doing feels, I, I'm assuming, might be similar. Like, just making light of maybe a heavy situation, which... That is, but that was more conscious and that was kind of a container to do that type of work. And yeah, you definitely have to do the deep work too. Like that's, that's the foundation that's, that, that needs to be done. And, you know, then these types of practices as well, at least that's been my experience as well. Yeah. I I like having the insight, being able to identify what situations I'm likely to get triggered in and then like doing prep work, being ready for it. Um, But yeah, so so let me tie it let me tie it all back together so far. So, you know, Scott and I have been talking about clearing emotions. And the reason why we're talking about that is cuz in the moment, sometimes those emotions can spill over and have consequences. Mm. We don't want you to go there, right? So, that's step number 1 for taking care of that personal reaction. Take space, take time, process your feelings, go have a giant fucking smoothie. You know yes. the deal. Yeah. <laughs> and the and, and you might also be thinking well, that takes care of it temporarily until the next time that I bump into the situation. And you are right in, in a way, right? Because it will happen again. You will get triggered again. That's yes. just life, right? Yep. Not if, but when. Yeah. Yeah. You're better, you're better prepared. Like. Yeah. And, and I've noticed that the, the more I do it, like the more I clear myself, 
after I have a reaction, just right away, the next time that reaction is smaller and then it's smaller. Mm-hmm. And then the next time it happens, I don't even notice that I didn't have a reaction because it's just who I am. Mm. And all we're doing is just adding more and more space around you. There's more of a gap between you and your reactions until eventually, um, I know that there are people out there that don't have like the majority of their triggers are deconditioned and they just chill, right? They just do what they want in life. And that's ultimately where this practice will get you. But if you're doing it and you're feeling frustrated because you keep on having to do it, the way to reframe this is knowing that you are making steps forward, mm-hmm. knowing that every time you do this, your body is learning that, hey, I don't have to show up this way anymore. And over the course of a couple of months, it'll just disappear on its own. You don't need to do shit. You just got to keep on making yourself feel better. Yep. So that's where we're headed with this. Yeah, I love I love what you said there, Rob. Absolutely. This is a practice. Life, this process is not linear. And you know, you're gonna get to a point in time where you're kind of gonna be looking, you know, looking back and connecting the dots like forward and be like, man, I'm so grateful I cultivated this practice because it was worth it. Because people are gonna wanna be around you more. Girls are gonna find you more attractive, man. Um, your family members are going to want to be around you. And, and that's a leader. That's a leadership move, man. What, you know, not being reactive and that's sexy. Like it, for all the men who are listening and women, like I don't want to be made to feel wrong or, you know, I, I want to receive what it is I'm giving as well. But I just think for a man, that's a really powerful place to stand in, in non-reactivity, man. And, in, in feeling safe for other human beings, man, is just a really powerful, powerful place to be. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I can't even like put on paper how much this has helped my dating game. Um, cause I had reactivity that I wasn't even aware of until I started looking, like I'd just yeah. be looking at a girl that I thought was attractive and then I'd shut down. I, w- I wouldn't like be able to speak with her. I didn't even know what I wanted in the moment. Mm-hmm. I would just feel guilty for like wanting to speak with her but not being able to do anything. I just frozen in place. And I've noticed that as that begins to fall away, I can just show up around women the way that I show up around good friends. Right. And like, I do a lot of relationship coaching, mostly with women. And the thing that I hear from them consistently to corroborate what Scott is saying here is that they're looking for a man that feels safe so Mm -hmm. they can feel safe and protected. Right. Mm -hmm. So they can play with reality and have a good time. So same thing for like, professionals that I coach, right? What's yeah. something that you hate about the, your manager right now? Well, he keeps on changing his mind. And when I ask him for a clarification about what he wants, he flips out on me. That's mm. bad leadership. Bad. So, so if you can begin to address these things, it's like, I've noticed that my relationships with people across the board improve, right? It's, it's not just with that one person that I'm less reactive with. And Scott was, Scott was the person that I was really reactive with like a few months ago. Yeah. Now, now we don't have that shit anymore. No, nah, dude, that shit was fucking wild back <laughs> in the day. Dude, we, we would get into it. It was like, man, wow. I, that, yeah. I remember it was awesome. Yeah. Come, we have come a long way in our, in our friendship, man. And that, that was a, that shit was in the way that could have ended our relationship, man. If we didn't work through it. Yeah. Yeah. And one question that I'm learning to ask clients, like, so they can begin to see this is like, what, what would you give if you could have like prevented that one friend from like leaving your life? Right. If you could have stopped that one fight from happening, mm. what if it was your mom, your sister, or that one girlfriend that you was, was treating you right, but you couldn't stop reacting to her. What is that worth to you? Right. And for a lot of these things, it's priceless. You can't put a price tag on this. So, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it, no, go ahead, Rob. I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, I was, I was just going to say, like, it's, it's on the surface. It can feel like you're not doing much. But, like, if you take a minute to just zoom out and see the impact of what this can have on your life, it's one of the most important skills you could ever learn, in, in my opinion. I, I agree with you 100%. And it's, it ties directly into the topic of the podcast, not taking shit personally. When we were in those, in those situations, those, that conflict in the beginning, it felt very personal. I'm assuming it did for you because it did for me too. And I was able to just, I knew what was up and I just pushed my shit. Okay. What do I want in this moment from Rob? I want listening. I want understanding. I want to feel seen and heard. Okay. So as a leader, listen up listener, you 
100% of the time, this is a fucking powerful move. 100% of the time as the leader, I'm going to give what it is that I want to receive. And so I'm like, oh, I'm fucking activated. And then I feel like a little kid. And I want to stop my feet. Fuck that. I'm not going to give that to Rob. And then I'm like, oh, wait a minute. This is how this works. I am going to take the lead here because I know my friend isn't able to do it right now. So I, sh I, I don't just shove my sit shit to the side because I know once I hear and understand you, Rob, that I know you have the same skill set that you'll give it back. I don't expect it. I'm just doing this because this is what I know how to do. If you don't give that, that's cool. Like, I don't have an expectation. I don't know how long we're going to stay friends. You know, like, it, 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 I think magically when you take the lead like that and give 100% of the time that the other person follows suit. Like, it's like magic almost. Yeah, as, as feedback on the receiving end of that, I definitely was not the one with the bandwidth or capacity to do that. But in having Scott take the lead there, it would often feel like I was being extended in the olive branch. And that made a big difference in terms of my ability to like let go of some of the anger that I was feeling. Right? It felt a lot less personal when it's like, oh, wait, yo, he's giving me an indicator that he's like on my side too. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I don't have anything to react against and Scott is like relatively clear, like he's dropping what's going on in his space. It, it, it just there's there's nothing for me to be in conflict against. So I can just kind of begin to release, release, release until eventually, OK, I can reciprocate this. I feel curiosity, I feel goodwill. And then the relationship gets patched up. Um, but yeah, it was it was a process. And you, the listener, you warriors out there right now. Yep. you're going to be cultivating that most value. Like if you want a relationship, that is one skill that you need. Like mm. you don't need to learn how to flirt. You don't even have to be funny, but if you can't deal with conflict, you're losing that person. The first time you have a disagreement. Yeah. You're fucked. You're, you're fucked. doesn't matter how many big ass smoothies you drink. You're <laughs> fucked. <laughs> let's, let's not talk crazy, Scott. We believe in the smoothies. We, we believe in the magic we, of the smoothies. Yeah. 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 Well, drinking smoothies yeah. is going to help you resolve conflict for sure. <laughs> but, but you're going to have to also get some other skills as well. Like by not taking, you know, a lot, not taking things personally and developing that skill set and practicing. And that's the thing is like, you know, when you're listening to the podcast, you know, get after your action step would be to reach out to some friends and, and, ha and start practicing these tools and skills that you're learning from us. And then when you are, you're out in the real world, so you have a safe container. Rob and I know that this is a safe space for us to come and be who we are fully. You know, he, Rob can show up with his anger. I can show up with my tears, rage, whatever. And we know that we're going to be held with love. So it, call, that also, knowing that that's the foundation, like the foundation of this relationship that Rob and I have is built off of safety. We know prior to getting into conflict that it's going to show up and we can bring it. And we're, we know how to work with it and we're going to figure it out and we're going to get to zero and we're going to get to a good place. Sometimes it doesn't feel like that in the present moment when the conflict is happening. And we know that this is the place that we're coming from. So I think if you're going to start practicing these tools, you get some friends that are on board with this and you start, you know, you, you build this container of safety and you're like, Hey friend, like I want to start practicing this stuff that Rob and Scott are teaching us because I feel like it'd be really valuable, not only in our relationship, but our relationship with women or men or whatever the case may be. And, uh, it's gonna, it's gonna make it a little bit more doable, you know, with, with that foundation. Yeah. Um, how, how would you recommend someone begin to broach that barrier? Cause like, I think oftentimes when I jump in, Mm -hmm. It can feel like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to tell them how I'm actually feeling because that's going to start some shit. Like, how do you do it? Because you do it in a really, I think a really, in a, in a way that's easy to receive. I, I just, I just model it. Like I model the tool, like rather than like, like I'll just use my friend Joanne, for example, like I, I mentioned I wanted her to read this book with me and she's like, I don't really want to read the book. And here's what I want from you. I want you to just model these things in our relationship. So I, you know, I told her about some of the things that I'd like to practice with her. And then it's just showing up authentically, like just 
okay, when we, I would say the things like, hey, when we, when we get into conflict, when there's a difficult um, spot we get into, that we're committed, we haven't, okay, here it is, Rob. We have agreements on the front end. So with my friends who I'm going to be practicing with, I bring this through the front door. Hey, this is how I relate. I'd like to, I'm curious if you'd be interested in get their buy-in. Would you be interested in practicing these things with me? If it's a yes, then you start to cultivate agreements around how you're going to do this. And then you're building this container over time. And it's not just like one agreement and this is it. It's like, okay, we keep revisiting the relationship and what's working, what's not working. What else can we bring in? This is working. This isn't working. And it's just trial and error over time and what works well you keep and what doesn't you throw it away. Yeah. I think that would be the most helpful. Yeah. I'm, I'm noticing too, as you're speaking, I'm like recalling some stuff that I learned in the beginning that I forgot, but I, like it's internalized now. But one thing that was helpful was remembering that like, if I'm going to be talking about an experience, a format that can work well, that people will receive is that I am entering with responsibility. Mm. So it's like, Hey, it's not, you did this shit to me. It's right. like, Hey, in this context, um, like when, when your voice is raised, I'm noticing that like I'm having this reaction where like I'm shrinking in on myself and I feel bad and I want to react. Um, and I was hoping to just like chat with you about it. I don't think this is your fault. Right. Yeah. And that's important because if I, if I come in and I'm attacking them, what are they going to do? They're going to attack right back, right? They're going to be on the defensive and then it'll just escalate. Yeah. So that can be really useful. Yeah. I love that. You said that, Rob, that that's huge is keeping things on my side of the street, using I statements. I feel scared when you raise your voice. And when I share impact like that, there, that's an, an opportunity. Like that's what's on the surface. I feel scared when you raise your voice. So you're not blaming them. You're taking responsibility. Like you said, I feel this way when you do this behavior. So if I'm blaming, it's going to be more difficult for that person to receive this information and really hear it. But when I'm keeping it on my side of the, of the street, I feel X when you do Y, they're better, better able to receive it because it's not land. I'm assuming it's not going to land as being blamed. And then the opportunity here is to then go, there's even an opportunity to go deeper and really know what's going on. Like, why is my friend, you know, triggered by me raising my voice? And you could start to ask more questions and be curious once, you know, you've developed this relationship. And for me, it was like my, when I was a kid, my mother used to scream uncontrollably at me. So this is deeper than just what's on the surface. Like my friend raising her, his voice at me. It's like, that wakes up this shit that's still in my body from when I was a kid. And I know this, this is not, you know, just some speculation. This is for real. So when you start to get underneath it and you're in relationship with this person and you know this about them, you can, you can empathize. And then you can also have an agreement that you're going to do the best you can to not raise your voice or whatever. Like you have some sort of agreement that knowing that this really hurts my friend. I don't expect you to change. Like, I don't need you to change your behavior for me to be okay. And if you continue to speak to me this way, my responsibility is to not be in relationship with you. But if you want to understand me and why this is showing up and you care, then maybe you're going to be a little bit more aware of the way you speak to me. And, and, and they can't be more aware unless I share impact on how they're showing up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's that leap of faith. Like I have to be able and willing to speak about what's happening on my side in a transparent and vulnerable way. And when I do that, I give myself the opportunity to heal. Um, and of course it makes sense to, again, Hey, set up the container with a friend, make sure you have agreements around this, make sure this is someone who has the capacity for this as well. Mm -hmm. If you're talking with someone who just lost their job and then got a divorce and then you start like bringing this stuff up, they're probably not going to be able to be like a safe person for you because they're dealing with enough, right? Yeah. But if their life is like going really well and they seem generally pretty happy, uh, that's probably a safer person to go to for this kind of thing. And you'll probably instinctively know who to, who you trust with this information and who you don't. 
Yeah. Yeah. You got to trust Trust is trust and safety. I mean, those are go hand in hand. So you'll, and I, I'm, I imagine the listener, you know who those people are in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you just feel more comfortable around them. There's that ability to be in like companionate silence with that person. Um, yeah. Just feel into the vibe. And if you don't have that person in your life, I can highly recommend Scott. He yeah! <laughs> does work in that department. Absolutely. Hiring a professional is probably one of the safest things you can do because that person isn't going to take things personally because you don't have a personal relationship with them, right? Not in the front. Um, and they've, they've had the training to hold the space and they've done like thousands of reps because they do sessions with clients. Yeah. So that's something to consider as well. If you really don't have that person in your life and you're like, ooh, I'm, I'm showing up real reactive. Like I'm taking a lot of shit personally. Having a coach to help you get through that can be one of the most helpful things especially if you don't really like have a clear sense of how to deal with the emotions and you're just like listening, but also confused. <laughs> They're talking about some stuff and I guess on paper it makes sense, but this has never worked for me. That's when you need a coach. Like, Absolutely. Yeah, I agree hundred percent, man. I think it's the, it was the best money I ever spent to, to get these tools into my bones. Like it was just a game changer in all of my closest relationships, man. And, I was not always uh, a grounded, safe place to be. Uh, and so uh, I highly recommend hiring a coach if you don't feel comfortable with people in your life. Yeah. All right. And I think that's that's pretty much all I have to say about this subject. Appreciate you being here. Love you. And if you got something out of this podcast, be sure to leave us a rating or a review on Apple. I, it's iTunes, right? I think it's yeah. iTunes. I feel old iTunes every single anchor. time I say this. It's on the interwebs, I think. You go to the interwebs. <laughs> I don't know how you do that, but it's somewhere out there and there's a cloud <laughs> and you there's something and you yell real loud and it, it goes out into the stratosphere and somehow it connects to your brain and can you get the download yeah. <laughs> or something yeah. like that. After you drink a big ass smoothie. Right. Please drink a big ass smoothie and scream aggressively <laughs> at your computer for us to leave a review. <laughs> yes, because that's how you do it. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like how it works. Anything else you got to say before we sign off, man? That is fucking it, man. I, I'm dropping. Yeah. No, with that, I'm out. Aho. Aho. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. We'll catch you around next week. Peace. Peace.